going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals. Two days before Thanksgiving. What's up, Meals? You're here. Listen, I'm in the mood. Um, I'm hungry. I'm starving. Um, let me ask you this: Week of Thanksgiving. Are you making chicken this year? I think that's the question. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, <laughs> damn, everyone, you you'd be surprised how much like people still hold me to that. My dad is like, "Are you still making that? You should make the chicken." And I'm just like, "Bro, leave me alone." That was a one time thing, and it shouldn't be, but it is. But I appreciate that people remember it because it did look good, it did taste good, and I haven't really made it. Since. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead. I just wanted to ask a question when we when we kicked it off. No, nah, you're good. You're good. Um, I'm I'm very happy for Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for a lot of things. Um, I'm in the mood to just eat, but I was gonna ask, like, listen, and you know what? Maybe we'll bring in our guest for this because I want to ask him too. So we have a special guest on the A Show today. Um, if you know us, you know him. If you know me, he is the most trusted Novak I know since Steve Novak. <laughs> he is none other than Chris Novak. Uh, writer amazing. for Awful Announcing. Amazing writer for Awful Announcing, by the way. Look at that. I know he What's hates up, guys? <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> I know you're terrible no, with I, I, I appreciate. I, I appreciate the kind words. I do. Of course, of course. We love you. We love you, Chris. Love, love Novak to I, I just got to say this. One of my favorite people in the world, uh, someone who has so much knowledge of everything that goes on inside, outside wrestling, whether it be sports, whether it be just pop culture stuff, all of that. And also just somebody that's just a, a, a down-to-earth good dude. So, like, thank you for being on the show, Novak. Yeah, no problem. It's a great time to be talking wrestling right now. Um, you know, obviously, especially if you're a WWE fan at the moment, it's pretty good the other side of the tracks not so good but we'll probably talk about that in a few minutes so yeah yeah but i want to ask you thanksgiving week are we what do you eat monday through wednesday like it's it's clearly a journey of like i don't really feel like doing any big cooking nor anything until thursday so it's like what's your what is everyone's i'll start with you justin and we'll go with novak um what is everyone's like okay how am i going to survive until thursday kind of vibe uh i'm eating pasta this week i'm 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 fucking with pasta i'm making a vodka pasta tonight um that'll carry me over to tomorrow but I, I gotta make stuffing wednesday is usually light for me i usually like eat light on wednesday probably like something really quick but um l- luckily for me i don't have to cook this much this year because we're actually going to my in-laws family and they're having like the big thanksgiving this year and uh, so I'm only tasked with making one dish this year, which is very odd for me because the past how long, like four years, I've been kind of doing a lot or I've been doing it with my um, my mother-in-law and I don't have to do that much this year. So it's kind of weird. That's amazing. Chris, what, what the hell are you doing? Uh, this week, I've been eating some paneer uh, with a simmer sauce over with rice. Uh, we made that on Sunday. Uh, we've been having it sporadically throughout the next two days we're just and we're just doing takeout um the next two nights uh before thursday we're gonna be busy um we're we're going to a butcher shop today to get some turkey breasts turkey legs and turkey wings that we're cooking and brining and whatnot but all our all our other sides are like we're buying them there's just 
not enough time. Mm, I feel you. Listen, I love that. I respect that. Um, Thursday is going to be a great day. Thursday is going to be a hectic day. Let's try to make it as easy as possible on everybody. <laughs> um, with that said, speaking of, I mean, easy. We got so much to talk about this week. Shout out to everyone who's tuning in on Thanksgiving. First of all, I also want to let people know the A-Show shirt, six-piece hot takes, theashow.bigcartel.com. Get it now. I'm, I've am i ordered people who get it early will get a very special bag that it comes in. I don't know. Justin, you have no idea what I've been doing over the last number of weeks. I, I really don't. <laughs> you have no idea what I've been doing the last number of weeks, but I've been like, okay, if we're going to do this, if we're going to, if we're going to make it hot, it's going to be hot. So it's, it's going to be hot all over. And, um, I want to thank the patrons. want to thank kind of like everybody for just their support over the last number of, uh, of years of making me, giving me the opportunity to be creative in this kind of way and have these very creative fun and releases that I'm looking forward to. So I'm looking forward to everybody who gets the shirt. Make sure that you copy your shirt if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, listen, I would get it sooner than later because to be honest with you, once they're ordered, there's might not be another batch to be honest with you. No so six, no more six piece hot. No, 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 no. It won't be no more six piece hot at all. So make sure that you cop it. But with that said, we got a lot of I don't know, we got a lot of news this week, but I wanna I mean, obviously there is full gear, AEW full gear that happened last week, Saturday that is looming. But I want to talk about something that happened before full gear. Okay. Because I think it's a topic that that all three of us can talk about. And it's something I've been wanting to talk about for the last number of weeks. But I I kind of felt like this was going to happen, which is why I never brought it up. And I'm so glad that I knew that this was going to happen because I had never brought it up. Ronda Rousey. <laughs> she is out here. She is doing her thing. She's getting her indie. I don't even know if she's getting bags for indie, to be honest with you. If I if I feel like I know Ronda Rousey, she's doing this off the strength of just the I love wrestling. But Ronda Rousey debuted at the ROH tapings following the collision, the live collision that got massacred by SmackDown this week. Um I want to ask everybody. We'll start with you kind of like chris did you see could you have seen this coming like i saw this coming um and what do you kind of, what do you like garner from like ronda rousey's kind of like motions movements behavior over the last number of weeks in terms of like these indie dates and showing up on roh you know i agree with you in the sense that i think she's a mark and she does like to wrestle and so she's probably doing this for purely love of the game However, it's just so weird. I think that's just the takeaway I have. It's just so weird. Yeah, I I think seeing that happen, like okay, the indie show I could I could understand, but then like positioning yourself, like do do you guys feel as though she positioned herself in ROH and did it on a handshake deal from what we're hearing because she still doesn't want she doesn't want to burn that bridge with WWE, but I mean like does she even doesn't even matter? Like I feel like if she whenever she wants to come back, they'll take her back regardless of what she does. But I think that she's being very careful to stay out of AEW proper. Like I don't see her being in AEW at all. I, I feel no, like no, I don't is, either. 
Yeah, I feel like this is kind of the instance as well that we talked about, even with the Adam Cole jumping in. She wants to wrestle with her friends. She wants to be with her friends, and Marina Shafir's in AEW and doing a bunch of indie dates, and she has not wrestled or been with or, like, had done anything really from a creative in-ring standpoint with Marina. Um, Has it been ever? Did they do anything in NXT? I don't think so, right? They they just alluded to each other, I think, from from what I yeah. So they had never done anything. So I'm assuming she's helping the homie out by doing all these things. But I could be wrong. What were you saying, Chris? I was gonna I was gonna point out um the only time they ever really did anything, Ronda Marina creatively in WWE was when they were teasing, and I stress the word teasing, the <laughs> uh the four horsewomen stuff in the May Young Classic. When uh when they were when they were all involved there, they had the thing that happened um, during the event where they were like staring each other down from one side of the barricade oh, yes, and the other yeah. or whatever. That was like the yeah. only thing that they ever really did together. So yeah, she's she is probably this is why Novak is here yeah. because I did not remember that at all. This is why you're here, by the way. <laughs> that that is my photographic memory working like a charm. <laughs> um no, but like uh, so I've always thought ronda rousey's behavior in wwe kind of like that's the reason why none of this surprised me because i feel like it's always been this way with ronda for instance right like ronda wants to ronda's the biggest star on earth in ufc um she suffers two major losses and then decides listen i'm going to do wrestling for the love of the game and pretty much full time for the love of wrestling and she doesn't she doesn't come in like kind of like the Hollywood, the Logan Paul kind of aspect where it's like once every couple months, it's special kind of thing. She's like, no, I want to be there full time. I'm working every week. I'm working house shows. I'm working things. And I'm sure Triple H and, you know, Vince at the time are probably like, you know, you don't have to do that. Right. <laughs> like, it's actually in your best interest not to do that. Um, but I'm assuming the pushback they got from her is like, hey, no. I want to be, if I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm doing this full time. And that's kind of been the last, I mean, she debuted early 2018. She took a break after 2019, came back at the top of 2022. So she's been really kind of doing it how she wants to do in WWE for like the last five years or so. And that has presented interesting situations and there is no more of an interesting situation that showed me how this is going to go. And it'll be, it's interesting because we're coming up with our biggest moments of the year kind of like list for the end of the year already creatively. And this isn't on the list, but just as a spoiler for anyone. But it's a still a major moment. Charlotte Flair showing up out of nowhere and kicking the shit out of her and winning the title. <laughs> <laughs> because she did not want to face, she did not want to be in the main event of WrestleMania for the Women's Championship again. She did not want to do that again. She didn't want the big moment that WWE in these standpoints kind of like create for you because she kn- they know she's this major crossover star. And she's like negating all of that. Um, so she spends the last like six months of her WWE career teaming with Shayna Baszler, which I assume it was supposed to be a much more of a long and drawn out feud that ends up getting yeah. like kicked into high gear in like a month and a half. Um, probably even less than that. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it, to me, it's always proved that Rhonda is kind of like, she's 
again, like like we said, she's a mark. She wants to be able to wrestle. She kind of wants to be able to do her own thing. She wants to live the wrestling kind of like gimmick on her terms and not anyone else's. And it, again, it's kind of weird. It's like I equated it to the Keith Lee thing, not the AEW Keith Lee, but um, <laughs> the food Keith Lee. Food. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is like, I don't want to be treated as anybody. <laughs> I don't want to be treated as a celebrity. I want to be treated as everyone else. I'm like, that. it doesn't really work like that anymore for you. I, I, I guess. I mean, she's in, in her doing ROH on this kind of like handshake deal and doing these indie shows. It doesn't surprise me because, yeah, I, I think she's like a mark for this. But it's it's a weird trajectory of her career, like, um resisting against the i uh, resisting against like the big star notion like she probably could have made way more millions of dollars in main evented wrestlemania like two more times and she just refused like she just didn't want to that's weird kind of what say you i i mean like you said you expected this like you kind of expected this to happen but it's like how much does this happen how far does this go I think that she's going to a, a division with women that are are just like it's just not as strong as it was. I I honestly think this might be wild, but like the division might be stronger now that she's gone out of WWE. Like I feel like there's just like more people on TV now that she's gone. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like you had a throttle. She, I mean, n- to know without her like kind of direct um, involvement things are being able to move a lot more smoother. The pipeline's a little bit more smoother. Like, let's say, like, for instance, like, I remember during her first run, where would Ember Moon be if Ronda Rousey wasn't there? Probably would have won a championship by then, to be honest with you. Um, but because Ronda's there, there's so much attention on Ronda. And, and I don't think it's her, any of her fault of her own is that WWE has invested a lot in this major crossover star and they want their returns. You know what I'm saying? Um, Whereas I don't think she cares about that in any instance at all. No, not at all. It's, I mean, it's... go ahead. Yeah, Justin, you can go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything important. Go ahead. <laughs> I was, I, I was going to say like it's I, the thing about the, the thing about the first run was the way that it all came off. It all, it all, honestly, it all came off. It all came off really well. Um, she yeah. had. A legitimate buzz around her. The the match at Mania 34 against um you know Triple H and Stephanie with with Angle was a great debut. She obviously had everything going for her. It's like as soon as the Becky and Ronda stuff started to fizzle, they started to overcomplicate it. It kind of started going a little south. And then to me, from the from the very beginning of the second run, it just was zapped for me because she came out at 27 which like she hadn't been there for three years yeah why we why do you have her at 27 i know that you had lesnar come out at 30 but like why why not just not do that then it's (laughs) you had her in the ring for like 10 minutes like taking offense from brie and nikki bella and then had her win the rumble or whatever but like yeah it it, nothing Something something wasn't there the second run that was that was there the first time, but then like it's weird that she's going to Ring of Honor and doing the the handshake stuff and like all that other things when at the same time you know on her social media sometimes she'd be complaining that time was cut 
from her stuff and whatnot and all this other things and whatnot. It's like, well, if you think you had it bad there, <laughs> I don't know what you your level of expectations are somewhere else, even, unless it's for the short term, which is fine. But it just con- it just confounds things a little bit. Yeah, it it confounds it, and also it it makes it more of a situation where I just know I I just mentioned there was a logjam when she was even on the TV. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and and there was a logjam of like not getting more talent out there because you had to have time for the Ronda segments, and now mm-hmm. it feels a lot more elastic, so to speak, on on Raw and on SmackDown when she's gone. What do you think will happen when it's just Ronda versus you know Athena or you know? Lord forbid, it's Ronda and E and AEW taking up Tony Storm's time, or Britt Baker's going to come back, and it's like you look at the promos, you look at everything she does and everything that she brings with her. That is a that's a that's a hefty package to for Tony Khan to to bear <laughs> because she but, comes with a lot. But yeah. can they even can they even get it right in an instance? Like look at it's kind of like you have the the goodwill that's been brought her defined as a wrestler has always has just been defined in wwe and it's this like unstoppable machine and maybe that was also part of what went wrong on the second run because i think people weren't buying it the same way that they were buying it exactly yeah it it was fresh it was new it was shiny it was groundbreaking it was historic in some instances the first time women ever you know wrestling the main event of wrestlemania um, the second run, one, it also it felt so manufactured to a standpoint of like it felt like the Dave Batista thing in 2014 where they attempted like, hey, Dave's going to come back. He's going to win the Rumble. He's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. This is how it's going to kind of go. And everyone else is just going to accept it. And that's just <laughs> and that's going to be amazing. And then people are like, no, we have people like Liv. We have people like Rio. We have people like we have all these other cool acts that for the majority over a year at this point they've been building up and they have gotten a lot of great organic ground support for them so it never even felt that way but there's so much of like her stock that has been built by wwe so i'm even looking at from an instance of like she wants to feel very regular but you are not regular at all yeah and And I think there, even to some standpoints where that can be taken advantage of, and not saying that anyone in AEW has any ulterior motives for themselves. Shout out to someone breaking in someone's car, apparently. Um, (laughs) But not anyone has necessarily ulterior ulterior motives. But you could see stuff like a roll-up win or like all these other things that could happen, like a match against Soraya and she just loses or matches against Tony Storm and she just loses and becomes very much like a regular, very regular, like very pedestrian, which is not what Ronda Rousey should be, to be honest with you. Like she's an ass kicking machine, like for real, like a real one that like there's history that shows it. But the way AEW and ROH books, I mean, the spectacle isn't, yeah. The spectacle isn't part of the package. Correct. It's just the, it's the wrestling. Because, yeah. Because, and you don't have the the spectacle aura. Not to pile on, but you're not going to have the spectacle aura if you have a building right now for final battle. If Ronda happens to face Athena, it's not confirmed or anything at this moment. But it seems like what they might build to. They don't even have a thousand people in there. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get that same experience. It's just, it's impossible. It's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll avoid that for now. But you're, you're just you're just not going to get the same experience for Ronda Rousey 
in a small venue that you would in a WWE size venue. And even then, the experience was lessened the second time around. So I don't know what you're searching for here. She had an she had an audience in terms of ratings and attention for her for her segments and whatnot, but she wasn't like I wouldn't have classified her as a mover. There's a lot of people mm. in that company right now that are movers. I don't know if I would have classified her as one of them. I agree. I, I agree. I, I think you look at reception. She was getting booed at one point. And I think it's because she she did try to make herself. She she tried to be like, OK, I'm not Brock. I'm not going to be Roman. I'm going to be. Exactly. And, and you could tell. And I don't know if you anyone could tell, like just watching on TV, it looked like there was like a tug of war between her and Creator, where it was like, we want to make you this larger than life star because we understand your limitations. We understand you're not great on the mic. We understand that your your matches should be a spectacle, but she wants to work on TV and she wants to work at the house, which is which is completely fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I, and I think it kind of flies in the face of anyone saying that she was not trying to do things like that. Right. But um, correct. It, it, it's 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 definitely a, a, a tricky situation because of that. And, you know, I, I think that anyone that, that says she doesn't love this business, I think, I mean, come on, at this point, it's, it's just undeniable <laughs> that she loves this business. Like, it's, it's just clear yeah. that she loves this business. But I, I think in terms of making her feel special, the, we're talking about it today, but I'm going to be real. I don't see anyone talking about this at length today other than us on this show. You know what I mean? And they tried to make it a big deal on Saturday or, or, or Sunday, whenever it happened, or Friday. And it it seems like she wants to be regular. She picked the perfect place to be regular at because no one's talking about it anymore. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you're not garnering attention on Honor Club. It's just, it's just not happening. Not enough people are subscribed to it. And maybe they want people to buy it more. But again, like you said, like she's not really a mover. I can't, I don't expect 40,000, you know, new signups for Honor Club. Over the next well, week even, because Ronda's there. Yeah, because because also then you think about it like, okay, they haven't brought any attention to this themselves either. They had it for a little bit, but it wasn't yeah. on full gear. It's not going to be on Dynamite. They're not going to promote it. So what's I, I don't know what the end game is there for that, but, you know, I can say that about a lot of things. <laughs> hey. We're getting spicy. Listen, we're, getting spicy. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there nonetheless, because that I think that's a kind of good, you know, segue moving into kind of like what else happened this week. So we move on from Friday, that kind of like note. Um, anyone had any final thoughts on Ronda Rousey before we move over to full gear? Good luck. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah, that's what I would say. Shout out to you for helping out the homie, but <laughs> good luck. Yeah. You know um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the promos of them together. Oh, my God. It's like whatever the opposite of the two-man power trip was. It's going to be that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we move over to full gear on Saturday. Yep. One of AEW's most anticipated pay-per-views. Um, stacked card. I would say one strong, notable match out of this, but also a lot of... It was very uncharacteristic in like the the hullabaloo surrounding the main event of the show. It actually felt much more of like a 2010s, maybe even like a little bit earlier WWE John, main event. John Cena main event. Okay, if yeah, we <laughs> yeah. Cap- it, Capital it, Punishment 2011. See, that's what I was thinking. Like that kind of like era of main event where it's like, okay, there's a lot of unnecessary things going on here for the point. For the sake of what? For the benefit of who? Um, but with that said, Full Gear is here. Um, 
I, I, you know, we don't have to go through the card match by match because the people that are great friends on the war report, shout out to Cyrus and Quan, will be doing that. Um, maybe at ad nauseum, but um, we'll be doing it. Um, happy Thanksgiving to you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> with that said, notable standouts here. Okay, and I'm skipping over Cope because <laughs> nothing there was <laughs> unfortunately notable outside but, the face paint. But I want to know I want to know what Novak what's your thoughts on Cope in the in the first month and a half almost almost 2 months that he's been there. What are your what have been your thoughts uh on on how he's been presented, what's been happening, what what have you thought about it so far? It's interesting cuz like you know, I guess since this happened already, um you know, I kept hearing buzz or whatever that like he might do he might do that but i and i was talking to the to rob about it rob o'neill uh my roommate who's also um podcaster on late night grin i'll just give him a cheap plug there um he was like you know i don't know how AEW's fan base is going to respond to edge because they don't really like him all they do every week is bash him and favor christian and say that he was better yeah and so far that seems to be true I mean, they're not they're not really gaining anything from his appearances. They're not I mean, his first show there, I remember writing about it on um awful announcing that they didn't really do anything. They they had one of their lowest rated shows, and of course the, the week that he debuted was the one where they went head to head with NXT and they clobbered them. Yeah. So I I have I, I don't know where like much of this is going. I'm gonna assume Christian and Edge like either team again or wrestle again, something, but like I don't. I don't really know what the appeal there is. Yeah, because also I think because I think that the larger problem in WWE for him, even if it was understated, because you know he was popular, they just kept doing the same thing. Yeah, he just kept coming back or whatever, doing the return thing, and then it was like he was going to go away and then come back, do the return thing, come back, do the return thing, like. And I guess he feels here that he's not doing that, so it's going to be better. But <laughs> yeah, he is doing that. <laughs> yeah, but I also feel like it kind of shows you the method of the madness behind WWE, right? Like even in those kind of instances of like him going away or come back, it's from the standpoint of there's a motive behind that, and it's to make him feel special. Um, they're not going to throw him up against you know Monday Night Football. They're probably going to wait till it's over for him to like get his Mania program in. They're gonna do it as he's over the summer to get build more tickets for whatever shows they're gonna have over the summer and stuff like that. Whereas here, they're throwing him up against every in every um, unfavorable situation ever between you know in a, his pay per view debuts and a six person tag, which is nuts. Um, his debut in general again was going up against NXT. He's been probably featured on Collision more times than not. What is the? But here's my thing. Here's my thing. What is the obsession with these top stars wanting to come off as regular? Like, do you, could you ever mm. see Kevin Nash wanting to come the off the love of the game? No, because yeah. Kev Kev got the love of the bread. <laughs> like, I have I have one theory. Was that? And I think it actually it actually plays into our previous conversation about Ronda. I think too many people are getting a little too concerned about playing to the internet crowd mm. mm-hmm. because. For like 15, 20 years or so, everyone has always been saying, oh, the old guys are selfish. They don't put over the young stars. They don't do this. They don't do that and whatnot. They WWE needs fresher faces, new stars and whatnot. Like, I, I think that they're taking it a little too personally and they're trying to be a little too, little too humble. We get it, but you don't have to do that. Yeah. Like, why do you want to be Edge that shows up every week? 
Like why 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 do you want to do that? Like I I I I get the respect and and all of that stuff, but it's like they're making you regular. They're they're literally before our eyes making Edge look like a regular guy. Regardless of the wins that he's getting, he looks very regular and I I think that ultimately when you when you look at the the positioning that he has with Darby Allen and everyone thinks that's really cool, it's like Darby wasn't really doing a lot when you got there and he doesn't look better because you're there. Uh, this thing is still the biggest star in that whole t- that whole trio, right? Like he's still the one that everyone wants to see. And I don't know. I just, I, I I I shudder to say that I think this might have this might not have been the best move for him. Like I, like as I let it play out for six weeks, and he sometimes he's not even on the show. So can we even let it play for that that long? Like he's 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 not there. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a strange position that he's in right now. I don't know. Hey Amen. Put him in the Continental Classic. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, um, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the aside. But yes, full gear. Uh, go ahead, Mills. No, of course. Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy defeat John Moxley International Championship. Orange Cassidy kind of like closes his arc of like getting beat up and then finding a way. Very anime centric, you know. Very shonen. Um, timeless Tony Storm with mm-hmm. Luther mm-hmm. defeats Hikaru Shida. I need Novak. You need the thoughts. You know oh, we need God. it. The iron plate in the butt <laughs> is literally the worst way for her to have won that match. But I, I don't know if Novak feels the same way. This feels like flavor of the week defined. Yeah. The the thing the real so two things really. First of all, this was so expected. Um as soon as she got the title way match expected. in LA. <laughs> as soon as she randomly got the title match in LA despite not winning like a one of their weekly contender matches for the title. Um you she knew got it, it was obvious that they were gonna ship. <laughs> like yeah. Very, yeah, shout like, out. Yeah. The internet loves her. We need to go with this. That's kind of like what this has been. But like you look back at the champions the list list here. So Tony won the title from Sheeta, who won the title from Soraya, who won the title from Sheeta, who won the title from Tony <laughs> Who won the title from Jamie Hayter? Who won the title from Tony? Yeah. That's how it's been since since September of last year. And Hayter, when she comes back, what reason do I have to have to think that this palindrome won't continue? I, I, I don't. Rick gets back. <laughs> I I don't know what they're doing. It's 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 like sometimes you can figure you can figure a lot of things out. Like with AEW, when Osprey. We'll get to that. When Osprey signed, and when you said he was going to be there, he's going to win the title at Wembley and all in. That, that's that's pretty obvious. Yeah. There's no vision. There's no vision here. I, I don't know what they're doing. There was sort of a vision, I guess, when Soraya had the title, because then you thought, oh, okay, are they really going to do this thing where she wrestles Mercedes? And then she randomly just lost the title on title their title Tuesday show to Sheeta, and she hasn't really been in the picture. She just resurfaced on Friday when collision got smacked in a tag match with Ruby, because the outcasts are still going for some reason, even though Tony left them without any explanation. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And I, I don't, tr- I don't trust them to get it either. No, which is the I other don't thing. either. Yeah. I think from my kind of standpoint, I've, I've said this from the beginning, but it can't, it can't hold up on its own. I applaud trying, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like trying something new, noticing when something isn't working, especially when you got it yanked the first two times, noticing when something isn't working and trying something new and having it become somewhat moderately successful. And that's kind of from Tony's end of the thing. But from yeah. the company's end, you kind of have to meet it halfway if you want this really to be successful. There has to be some sort of investment within it. And I mean, the investment seems to be the black and white thing, but then you get into this kind of like standpoint where the the Tony Storm matches turn into like a Tony Storm universe thing, which doesn't yeah, it doesn't really um, benefit the other performers who are in the ring because everyone is kind of like focused on Tony Storm. It's what people is what uh, our issue was was with the Fiend and like a couple other things in terms of like it becomes this all encompassing thing. Mm-hmm. It would have been great for me. Let's let's find Tony Storm an actual foil so we can continue to like peel this character. We can continue to see the motivations of how it works. Like, is she an is she an actress? Is she rich? Like, it, what kind of like is she just an old timey person? Like, it seems to be like a mixture of a couple of different things. There doesn't seem to be kind of like this clear focus of where it's going. And I think a lot of things, especially with characters that you kind of develop, especially with characters on television, you kind of really need that foil. You kind of need someone to play off of in that instance to really define to the audience like what this character is supposed to be, even if it is kind of like subtly from a standpoint. The biggest one of the biggest things that like stuck in my brain about like character development was watching this YouTube video where he's talking about the introduction of Vegeta the Dragon Ball Z. Okay. And mm-hmm. he introduced Vegeta, but you're pretty much the character, the threat everything of Vegeta is told through Nappa mm. of like, you got this big, huge guy, but he's cowering to the smaller guy. So you know that he's stronger than this other person. And you, and you, you can kind of like understand that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, for instance, Luther or something along those lines, but like just with another character, how do we tell the story of this person? How do we continue to furl and introduce her? How do we build her up? He's either a wrestler or just a person or someone going through these things. And I feel like they haven't done it yet. I feel like what I'm, I'm assuming as Novak is what you're alluding to and what you're pretty much prescribing is like, we're going to get to a point <laughs> where someone else who has more <laughs> flavor in the of the week or maybe flavor of the month or something is going to return and then win the title and it, to be honest it happened in the other women's match in my opinion yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it did it, it, it they cut off and maybe that's a second we can talk about both at the same time but they cut off the legs of chris statlander for julia hart that was and granted funny. julia julia hart has improved but not enough to be the champion over chris statlander that was frustrating to me that that was frustrating to me because you can't have Statlander beat Jay Cargill twice, the unbeatable champion, and then have her lose like that, like in a in a multi person match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that, that to me is just the weakest booking, laziest booking you could do. Because now if she does face Julia Hart, now she's gonna lose, and it's gonna be like, well, she looks like a fucking dork. I would never want to see her ever again face anyone for the title because she just looks like a, a door like you put so much into chris statlander it makes it look like you were just trying to beat jade just so that she could leave and not actually have anything for chris to do because surprise she had nothing to do for much of that what was it like a two-month reign that she had like literally two months yeah, she didn't have it for very long at all so like it, it's it's that frustrated me the most on this show and in a show full of frustrations that frustrated me the most 
Yeah, I I definitely understand that one because like you can't have you can't tout Jade as this thing, even if you know people with maybe stronger eyesights can see that she was just beating up paint cans. They still were presenting her <laughs> as like this this big deal or whatever in their universe, and we don't have that long. We don't have that bad of memory. She just left. She just lost the stat twice. It's just it's just lame. And it's but like. Niels, you were talking about character development and this thing with Tony. The one thing that people, for whatever reason, and this is sort of an extension off of a different conversation that happened on Friday into Saturday, they don't have time to connect with the women in AEW because none of them get promo time. Jamie Mm -hmm. Hayter had a 190-day title reign she didn't come out for a single in-ring promo for the entire ring. Can you, you, you can't envision that for anybody in WWE. Imagine Zoe Bianca Stark Belair was in the, the ring title last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zoe Stark was in the ring last week. Can you imagine Bianca having a title reign, not having any promo time at all, just backstage being behind somebody else? And I that was argue, how it was with Britt. And it's I would like, argue that. I would argue that Bianca's promo time is actually what got her kind of over because she got a lot of it. Yeah, and it did. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think that in terms of how they have positioned a lot of these women, it has not given anyone any favors. And then, I mean, I guess we got to talk about it. There's been a large contingent of people over the weekend that talk about how AEW has padded the stat. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of running up the score. With, with their women's division and that, you know, in a way, I, I guess if I was to try and define what they're saying, that, that WWE is performative with how they're doing the women when you see the ratings. And Chris, you know, you're a proponent of it. I check out the ratings because of how much you break it down. But it's like, that's just not the case. The women are not pulling in the results for AEW in the way that they are for WWE, which proves that one is working, one is not. And there's people who are being purposefully obtuse about why this is happening. And that's just the most frustrating thing ever because I feel like I'm living in Bizarro World. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I think that the other thing is like people always want to, when they see the ratings, they see fans leaving where we're like, well, why aren't you doing enough? Why aren't you watching? Why aren't you staying? Why aren't you doing this? Listen, people are not going to support anything just because. That's, it's not, that's not how everyone does business. You need to have a reason to do that. You need to give people a reason to, to tune in, stay around, hang out, watch your show. That's your responsibility as the leader of anything for, for a show of any kind and whatnot. But like, it doesn't work there. It, it hasn't, it hasn't worked there no matter who it is that's there. And that's why I never, I've never understood in the first place, but I don't get why people act like if Mercedes went there, that things would be different. They probably wouldn't be. I mean, they, they've felt they're philosophically just a company that, does business their own way. They don't do, give a lot of promo time except to MJF pretty much at this point. They start their shows off with matches like all the time because they get a lead in from Big Bang. The women are generally, except for this past week, they're generally sandwiched in the same spot every time. And almost every week they leave because they know it's not been deemed important. And you can get over that hump by doing simple things like giving them promo time. It's not hard. None of this is hard. But... Mm-hmm. Everyone is just always, they've always ignored the point of 
because my my least favorite defense of anything that AEW has done with their women is, oh, look how long it took WWE to do that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So disingenuous. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's it, that is is factually correct. It took them that long, but look at the way society was. It wasn't accepted. If they did that, it probably they would have you know been seen as progressive, but they wouldn't have been able to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't make enough money off of it. Eventually, it became too too hard for them to ignore, and now. We're about 10 years into this now since NXT kind of ramped it up in 2013. That's when they had everybody, they had all four horsemen in the in the uh, the field by then. And you see it just in ratings interest, the trends. People tuned in this past week on Friday. The peak of viewership wasn't a match. It wasn't LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa, who was making his first appearance on SmackDown since, you know, destroying John Cena. Yeah. It was the women. It's not, it's it's like, you take this time, you figure it out. A lot of the complaints are pretty banal, but not many people move to those beats. So for AEW, the problem for them is that they've waited this long. They've lost trust. And I mean, how are they supposed to compete with the talent that WWE has at this point? They have to get really lucky that, that some people decide to leave. And I don't know why anyone would leave at this point. I, I hate the timing argument too because it's like, well, well, yes, if because the 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 easiest counter for that right is well, okay, if it took them this this long, why is it taking AEW this long? Because they they got the yeah. blueprint right there, the blueprint's literally right there of what not to do, and they still won't do it. <laughs> and it's 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 just like they came in right after the women main evented WrestleMania and right after that Evolution pay per view, and you can say whatever it is for the reasons that that show happened in the first place. It still happened. It still existed. Exists right now, and you still haven't answered for it. Nope. And no one takes them to task for it at all, ever. You at most you get, oh, why is there only one women's match on the show? That's mm-hmm. where we're aiming. Come on, aim higher. Yeah. Another yeah. another argument, or I don't even know if there's an argument. And I, I hate to. Go, well, we'll talk about the women a lot more when we when we get to Survivor Series, but. Um, Swerve Strickland, Adam Page match, mm. Texas Death match. Um, <laughs> I watched the match. I watched it. I watched it twice, actually. I'm everyone knows I'm not the hugest fan of Swerve. Everybody knows I don't see it for the guy. I don't it's care. Me if not the hugest fan of Swerve because. All right, go ahead, continue. <laughs> but listen, but let, no, completely fair, completely fair, completely fair. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. It is a match that is beyond the pale of violence in terms of like what I would actually watch. And you guys know if you if you watch Spot Callers, I'm not the hugest fan of deathmatch shit. So like that's just really what it is. I think there's this thing that happens with AEW, and I call it an alternate an alternate reality, where they will things to happen on this show, and because they have a booker that will make things happen because he is so online. They will do what I call online viral marketing to make something work. Whereas you can see, and again, of course, if you have a real company, you have data people, right? Everyone has data people. You see what picks up. You see what doesn't pick up. You are setting yourself up for failure failure by listening to these same fans. I always say, like, don't listen to these fans. Like, they, they have no clue what's really going on outside, right? This is, I, I, I've seen people say this is the greatest AEW match of all time. Come on. They say this every year, by the way. But I've seen people say this is the greatest AEW match of all 
time. Not only is that factually not true, it wasn't even true. It might not have been true on the show if you want to, if you want to keep it a hundred. Like it might not have been true on the show. Well, it might have been. I don't know. I thought that I thought the I thought the 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 uh, the women's triple threat was was actually not that bad. I I think this. To be honest with you, I think this this te- Texas Death Match is the best match on the show by far. It is the one that people are the most invested with because they had a story that continued with a through line for week to week, and it built up to actually something with characters that people were actually invested in to a certain standpoint. Um, is the level of violence too high? Yes, but I think it also there's something also that was kind of like them as characters buying into the violence as well um, is also something that I think helps this match kind of. And and I do, I actually, I was like, I like the last match too. I like this match too. I think they're both great. I think Swerve (laughs) is a, I think he's, um, he's incredibly um, overrated in this standpoint. Whereas even people are using the term, I think he has incredible ability, but I think the term megastar is not something that defines him in any sense of the word. I think Swerve Swerve Strickland is a great wrestler in the ring. But I think if you know, if you know where, if you, how do I say this? I feel like if you know, you know why it's not genuine or it doesn't come off as authentic. It's not genuine because there's so many people that, that, that know the guy personally, which is completely fucking fine. Like, listen, I don't care. That's your man's protect him. You know what I'm saying? Do that. But who will be purposely obtuse in saying, you know, this is what we got to do. I think that there's a, there's a contingent of people who say, this is be real because he's a black dude. He deserves to have the AEW title. That's why. Right. But I think, I, I think that I, I'm, trying, I'm, I'm trying to be as nice as possible here, right? This company... People don't want us to be nice, by the way. No, exactly. This is the first time I want to be nice. This company's not built to sustain something like that. So if, you were, if he were to get the AEW title, let's be completely fucking real. There are so many people in that company that make more money than him that would still get TV time over him in that sense, Right. You still have MJF, the Elite, the Bucks, all of these people who Osprey, Osprey, all of these people. I'm seeing people say that he should be beating MJF, like next month. <laughs> the way that this is structured right now is just not like the way that they've signed these people is just not what it is. So it's like I, it comes off to me that they're doing this viral marketing campaign to push the guy so that they can be like Tony I'm going to play your hand in the same way that they played his hand to have the the acclaimed go over ironically Swerve and Keith Lee. But you see who Swerve is leapfrogging? He's leapfrogging Keith Lee who everyone said was fumbled. Everybody fumbled Keith Lee. He should be a world title contender. Where is he? He's nowhere to be found. Because people just moved to the next thing. After that, there was a online viral marketing of Keith Lee doing Keith Lee things in AEW. And then that stopped after a thing. This is a company where not only is the booking wishy-washy, the fans are wishy-washy too. Other than the like the the, the same established three or four acts every single week. And and I I need people to see this. This is not a this is not us trying to bring down a dude because of his color or a black man or we're just trying to be crabs in the barrel. I just don't see it happening because of the way this company structured. 
And you I don't to- see it also happening because of the way he kind of is in my in his attitude towards certain things. Oh, he's. I feel asshole. like, ge- <laughs> yeah, I feel like genuinely like he's he's not the genuine article at all. Like he's just not. Like I think even and that's why that clip got me so mad right like this clip comes up and i personally don't agree with it i don't like when people do that everyone's at the peak of the opportunity then you bring something to bring someone down but that clip like it legit like yo this guy really sat here and insulted this you know our friends black wrestling a publication who was trying to like highlight him in a way and then said that they're clout chasers and all this other stuff and i'm like them clout them (laughs) You were even you're not same guy, same guy riding Kev uh what was his name? Uh Kevin Gates riding Rick Ross. That's not cloud. Rick Ross was, Rick Ross was ten times more entertaining than you on screen. That's it, it's so crazy to me to to have that kind of like necessarily brought up. And then people are also question now the validity of them because of how, the things that he said. And also <sighs> I'm trying to, again, yes. I don't want to necessarily come from the standpoint of, like, he's a piece, he's completely, like, thing. He's probably going to be successful in AEW. It just is what it is. But this is someone who generally looked at the people. He looked at the people. He is successful. I'm sorry, Novak, we're going (laughs) to, I know this is a touchy subject, but he is successful because of lack of options. Like, and I think there's a large part of standpoint where he's like, oh, I do much more for the culture than them, which is words that came out of their mouth, but that's like factually wrong. Because there is no one outside of Prince Nana, I guess. There aren't people that stand beside you that you're bringing up in this instance. He had that little comment. It was targeted at Mello. I mean, it just is what it is. It was targeted at Mello at the time because he didn't feel like Mello should be ranked above him for all the things that he's done over the last 10 years. And it's like, the reason Melo got motion is because one, people are investing in a natural way and he feels authentic to the audience that he's representing and he communicates and reaches out to them. He's very, and and he's bringing up his mans as well, which is something that like, when you talk about, he's he hasn't stopped talking about Trick ever. We had one of the first interviews ever with him. He is not, he said, next time I come on, I want to bring Trick too. He said that verbatim. He has not stopped talking about Trick Williams. Now, Trick Williams is in the standpoint where he is having this praise, and now they're having this feud to go, you know, to, to build and solidify this. Whereas if Swerve is in this position that he's in, and Keith Lee was also a big part because Keith came in before Swerve. Keith took the back seat for Swerve and decided and did the whole tag team championship thing but yet they can't figure a way how to break this thing, come around to an actual match. That doesn't feel like you're doing. And then he has the nerve to say, like, listen, trust the creative. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm not trusting any creative from AEW. I just saw the show that they put on. I'm sorry. I can't. But, like, trust the creative, that cop-out thing. And I'm just like, bro, how can you guys? There's so many red flags in front of your eyes. And people are just more concerned with. It's gotcha. Oh, you're. It's about yeah. it's about having gotchas for WWE. It's about it's about saying we he proved y'all wrong. He proved y'all wrong. More often than not, let me just keep it a hundo. That usually they they AEW has proven them right far too often in terms of the the talent that they've signed. They signed Parker Bordeaux, y'all. 
Do we forget that? For what? For what? They had Parker Bordeaux on their television? Come the fuck on. Then we get to... I don't want to talk about Swerve anymore. Because he's... Okay. He re, he tweeted me. You saw, you guys see that? He tweeted me. Yes, yes. I saw he tweeted you. But he's... That shit is whack. Like, that shit... Like, he's... he's um, he's very, very talented in the ring, but there's just something genuinely off about him and just inauthentic about him. And there's just, and the way he acts and the lack of humility and the lack of humbleness towards that is really just kind of like what irks it more than anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm good on Swerve. Enjoy the match. I hope his blood tastes great. Um, But, you know, that's kind of that. But kind of like moving on from there, I'm gonna skip this next tag match because it's not even important. Um, <laughs> Let's get to the main event because we got to get to Survivor Series. We're almost an hour in. Yeah, absolutely. MJF. Who, and this, this is the most jarring thing ever. Novak, you can come back. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I, I let you guys do your thing. That's fine. I appreciate you. This is um, the most jarring overbooked situation ever. And I'm not sure who it was supposed to benefit in this situation. And I think, if quite frankly, a lot of everyone in the match is worse off more than anything. So MJF defends the ROH World Tag Team Championships on the kickoff show against the guns. Right. With Samoa Joe in tow. Right. And they retain, but MJF gets injured in the process. Right. Medical says he is not cleared to wrestle in the main event of the show. They're going to give the championship to Jay White. And I was like, oh, okay. This made me think like he was this in, in WWE terms, this could be a situation where he's actually injured. And then they're setting up some sort of like very impromptu main event or something along those lines. Something to send the fans home happy. Right. Which could have been Joe. Could have been Joe. Adam Cole who visually is not cleared to wrestle. <laughs> Why did he look like <laughs> He looked... I, I don't know. They thought about this the morning of. Bro, I have been asking Cyrus since yesterday why he went to his job looking like that. <laughs> he looked like a fan. And he came and says, no. In fact, I will defend it on his behalf. Since he is not medically cleared to defend it, me, who had just had surgery on my ankle, will defend it. And then in moments later, you see the graphic that Adam Cole will be defending the title against JY. And I'm like, I'm interested to see. I'm looking at how people are buying. Of course, people say this is fucking awesome. But <laughs> Did people say this was awesome? Because I'm yes, a, people you know, said, I didn't see anybody saying this was awesome. I feel like people said this was awesome. I feel like I could look it up if you want me to go to the the AEW page hey. again and look, kind of look at the comments. I can't. Right, right. You but might I feel be. like people 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 have ignored everything. The only person who said it wasn't awesome audibly that I remember for sure was Britt Baker, who was just like, "What's going on here? Why did my man go to work and now he's in a match?" Um, so we get to the main event. Mm-hmm. And before the bell rings for Adam Cole versus Jay White, 
Which, for instance, mind you, Adam Cole is defending the title for Jay White. But guess what? We just had Samoa Joe defending the title for Adam Cole. So I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> but an ambulance shows up with MJF, who's commandeered a full ambulance with his leg wrapped up. Maybe that was playing in the head. Um, and he hobbles down to the ring and says, no, buddy, I am the person who will compete in this match. And nice. the, match, the match happens. He's one leg. He was not medically cleared two hours ago. But he goes 30 minutes with Jay White. And through all the figure fours and leg locks and Actually, Jay White wasn't targeting the leg probably as much as he should have. But through all of that, MJF, let me see what kind of shenanigans. I actually forgot the end of this match. Um, oh, low blow. It was the greatest. You forgot the ending of the match? <laughs> I forgot the ending of the match. Um, it's amazing. Cole, I, as explained on Wikipedia, as Cole then inadvertently slinged the AEW Dynamite Diamond Ring to Jay White, MJF delivered a low blow on White. Austin and Colton then returned. They were tossed out by MJF, who's still on one leg. In the end, MJF then attacked White with the diamond, dynamite diamond ring to retain the title and go full year as AEW world champion. We get the, the, the vision of him with his championship back. Him with Adam Cole. And the show just ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no mention of the devil <laughs> that was looming over this entire program that beat up Jay White for a number of weeks. Nope. There was no mention of Samoa Joe, <laughs> who was part of this entire thing in the beginning, who probably could have used some sort of appearance in this match to sell the fact that they want to continue this match over. What, is, what are they doing? What are they doing? And now Adam Cole had a dislocated hip that he needed to relocate in the match. Well, MJF. MJF did. MJF. MJF. What are they doing? Can somebody tell me what they're doing? Because I, I, I look at it and I see uh, Jay White who will need months of rehabilitation after this. For sure. Because he looks like an idiot. That whole crew looks like fucking idiots. Am, am I wrong here? Like, they, they look completely stupid. Yep. Uh... MJF looks like the second coming of John Cena. I, I I have no clue how or what you can do to defeat him at this point because he just seems to be just in undefeatable. He's the guy. He's the man at this point. And, and again, he is the man. He's the guy that's, that's getting them ratings, all that stuff. Awesome. Great. What are they doing with his baby face turn? What are they doing with this this turn? Everyone keeps waiting for this turn. Are y'all wait? Do, do you guys are you guys waiting for it? Or do you feel like it should have happened by now? Because it because it's just it's just kind of being belabored at this point. I, I went through I went through the comments. No one said very few people said it was awesome. So I'll take that back. I told you nobody liked this. <laughs> nobody <laughs> liked this at all. And I think that as you went on through the match. It was it was the fact that let's just be real, like MJF was hamming it up the whole match. And I think that's what really took a lot of people out of it. He was hamming it the fuck up. I was like, you just don't have the range to do that, my guy. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 I don't, I don't get what was the the, the reasoning here, but. Where does he go next? I guess Samoa Joe at, at World's End, and and we we kind of end it with a bang, and and he announces that he resigned with AEW in January. I guess. Yeah, that feels likely. <laughs> you yeah. go back is completely I, I, into this. <laughs> I I think, but, but like, like, I'm just kind of groaning at it, just because like we all know that the dude is going to sign with AEW. He was never going to actually go to WWE. So past like 18 months of this bit or whatever has just. It's just going to end very anticlimactically. I, I, I didn't. I obviously I didn't. I didn't watch the main event, but I read and I heard about it. And none of it seemed very positive. Um, and the the picture being painted is pretty ridiculous. I know that like people were complaining at the time about the finish to um, Bailey versus Bianca and the Extreme Rules or the in the ladder match where Bianca was able to fend off all of Damage Control and got the title. They were only three months in as a faction. I, it is what it is. But like Bianca, at that point, you know, she plays the super. She plays the superhero role. She didn't really ever have like any situations like that either before or after, where she's been just OP like that. So something like this is just. It feels like to someone new like Jay, even though you know the the fans who like him will probably still like him. It's just like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, he wasn't even there for that long. You've already just like made him look like a loser. But they did that with Adam Cole too. <laughs> they did. They did. But because the, because like the thing about that, I have always kind of thought about that. I've always gone back and gone back and forth on it. But like, they debuted him, but then he didn't get the title shot until February, and he was like, at least to the and internet, they, you know. And they the, did the same the thing where he he yeah. stole the championship. <laughs> And yeah. then it yeah. could not beat the champion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which like if you think about it, if they wanted to do the the Hangman Omega thing, which they obviously wanted to do, and they did. Okay, if you want to do that with Cole and have him come in and be Paige's challenger, just have him show up after that. But they did that whole thing weird with Danielson being the first guy and it not being able to reach those heights after because duh. And then the Punk thing happened, and now we're here. So, yeah. I feel like there's something wrong. I mean, Punk leaving really ruined this damn show for me. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Punk leaving just really just kind of like ruined everything. Last bit of news coming out this show before we transition to Survivor Series. Um, Will Ospreay. They've been hyping this big, oh, this big signing. He's respected in all the wrestling business, which is not enough of a good tagline for people to tune in. He's respected by his peers and friends. Duh. He's a pro wrestler. Um, Yeah. So hopefully he is. Um, But they touted Bill Ospreay as officially signed full-time to AEW, but he cannot start until he fulfills his New Japan contract, which is... To me, that's weird. One, for me, it's weird that he didn't explore the free agency as it is. Um, what is there to explore? There's there's two options. I mean, there, there's, there were two options. Explored. But, but, but again, it, it's how much is WWE trying to pay me? I think WWE at this point, they're, they're, they're signing. I, I feel like they're signing surefire. I don't think that they look at, and I might be wrong here, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if they look at Will Ospreay as, as, as surefire. With TKO group? 
Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they look at him as surefire. I think they look at him as somebody that they could develop. And he said, well, I'm already developed. And then he's going to go to AW. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's what I see. That's what I see happening or, or what happened is that like they want to develop him. He's not definitely going to show up like an AJ Styles like star. Not. No, not at all. I don't think so. No. Mm-mm. The thing about ahead, Styles, the thing, the thing that helped Styles a lot with his transition to WWE, even though it took him obviously so long to get there, say what you will about TNA and things have been said about TNA for years. They were on cable television for well over a decade. Mm-hmm. So people got to know Styles and they also debuted him in Orlando, which obviously where was his, where his home base was. He was the guy for most of the run in TNA. So like, he, yes, had, yes. he had been someone who had been the guy who had the ball, who has that experience. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't just like one of their, you know, many great X Division champions or a guy that you remember and you see like clips of or a Petey Williams who had the innovative finisher that everyone just spams now. Um, he was he was the guy. Osprey, the thing is he's obviously very talented. He's had some great matches, but he hasn't been exposed to the North American audience. And besides an AEW, which really makes the point of drumming his signing up even that much Strange. weirder. Cause yeah. it's like, cause to, to me, especially since he can't debut until after he's done with his new Japan obligations, it kind of just reeks of desperation just cause like WWE assigned Jade, they got Kyrie. So I feel like AEW probably felt like just with rushing to signing Osprey, even before he fulfills his obligations, as sort of a, okay, we can sign people too. Look at us mm-hmm. sort of move more than just like actually being practical about it. Yeah, there was How much they had to pay New Japan? <laughs> <laughs> they got some type of hold on New Japan that I just, I just seriously stand. I, I, I will never understand the hole that they have yeah. in Japan. It's almost like they 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 found some like some terrible tweets that they did, and they don't want to expose them. If you people. if you want to continue using our stars, let us do that. I, I mean, I don't want to assume that is what it is, but the relationship. He's like, I've put you guys on national television. Da da da. We know he's not coming back. So what we want to do is announce him for signing first, but he can still complete all the other things. It makes New Japan look terrible. <laughs> It makes them look like they have no hold over their talent. And you see like what yeah. happened with the uh, the president of stardom coming out and saying, hey, maybe WWE does have a the right. They're, they're thinking the right thing in terms of the way that their style protects their workers. It, it makes me wonder, like, what what was the the, the disconnect there um, with with New Japan possibly cutting deals with other companies in that same way? And it makes me wonder, like, what what role could Shinsuke Nakamura play in something like that, right? Like, like could he help out in that way and saying, like, hey, we need to bridge the gap here because I, I think that we need we there are some great workers there that could that could work here. Like, there was that rumor of Okada. There was that rumor of Okada. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's looking like I don't say another mass exodus from New Japan, but. Um... It definitely looks like the tides are beginning to change once again. As I mean, as it does pretty much at least once per three years, four years at this point. <laughs> um, it seems like they're losing a lot more talent, um, especially big name talent. But I guess they they got Okada versus Brian at Wrestle Kingdom, so I guess maybe they're 
They're like, we got that. So that's working out for us. But you've lost, I mean, Will Ospreay, and I'm assuming under the pretenses of like, oh, you're going to be our main guy going into Wembley. Mm -hmm. It's like, great. You needed a hook, to be honest with you. But can you make Will Ospreay a guy who can sell 80,000 tickets again? We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um. You want to take on Survivor Series, my friend? <laughs> Let's do it. Survivor Series. No CM Punk, okay? He will not be there. Stop asking. He might be backstage. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, he might come and say hi. He will not be, you know, wrestling on this show. But uh, He's not going to do the rigmarole where he walks down the walks down the steps with a ticket in hand and just, like, that's got to be CM Punk. God, what is he doing here? I, I feel like... I feel like the only times that he could show up would be at the very end of the show if Triple H decides to pull a like Bray Wyatt prime takeover. A prime takeover. Wait, we're gonna make you wait until the end logo shows up, but then something's gonna happen in the epilogue. Oh yeah. Or or this Shinsuke thing ends up being him. I, I don't know what the Shinsuke thing is, but maybe that's him. But if it's think, not those two places, we'll have to wait. Right. I think with WWE and how they've kind of like changed with this new acquisition with Endeavor and a lot of things, their major releases come with a press release. So I feel like we'll yes. know before the pay-per-view if CM Punk is signed <laughs> rather than him just like showing up. Or maybe it'll be in tandem. Who knows? But I can't see them releasing it a press be. release yeah. at fucking 11 p.m., 11.30 p.m. at night. But who knows? Um yeah, Survivor Series. Let's get into it. Yeah, uh, short short show, obviously, because there's two um, there's two war games matches that will probably equal up to an hour each. But uh, let's get to the actual single yep. matches, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the shows and how they weaved it in here. But I want to talk about Carlito versus Santos Escobar. Let me just say, <laughs> Santos with a star making performance on SmackDown, to say the least. What an asshole! Just. <laughs> Mate, we knew. Here's the thing with Santos: we knew he had this in him the whole time, or at least I believed he had this in him. He needed. I, I think when they debuted, I don't know if the legato thing really took off the way that they thought it would. They were still kind of had the black and gold stench on them. They still kind of looked and acted and felt like a black and gold act in terms of just coming out there and be like, "Hey, we can wrestle really well. We have no characters though." You know what I mean? And um, the the LWO thing really helped. The Rey Mysterio thing really did help. And I think in the past month, we've seen really a change in his character. And it kind of came out here. I thought it was very ballsy of them to, for him to say or for them to make the decision that he would not be bringing uh, Del Toro and Wild with him. I thought that was very, very shocking to me. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> you think they'll eventually come back? You think they'll... they'll uh, It'd be tough for them if they don't. I mean, if they kind of like land on their own, I'm almost sure they're going back to NXT. Oh, like I'm almost. I don't. Sure. I I don't know. I, I I could see them. I could see them giving them some rope in the tag division. You've seen it's kind of worked that way um, on Raw, which also um, I'll add this later. But uh, you know, maybe Santos, if he ditches them, he could get to other allies. I mean if they're following the same, you know, cloth there, I know Garza and Carrillo are just 
chilling in NXT. Mm-hmm. They could easily just come back up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. I like that idea a lot, actually. I, I think that... And it, that's not just me thinking like, oh, okay, put the, you know, the, the Latin guys with the Latin guys. Like, it's just, if he's going to dump those two, he's going to try and upgrade in, in his mind and pick two guys the same cloth. But, but they, exactly. They got the legacy factor there yeah with them. exactly yeah they have the the you know the the famous grandfather same way as santos's father and grandfather they have that and um get them stickers off their chest yes they could do that as well <laughs> I, I i think that works out well and you'll still have to novak's point you'll have a core of a tag team that will still be there when ray does get back in six to eight weeks or however long it takes they can just put mm-hmm. Cruz and Del Toro back in there. They're smaller guys, high flyers. And then Santos, obviously a bigger guy. I've, I've always thought that Santos is like actual like wrestling acumen. Like the actual technical stuff he does is like way better than like the high flying stuff he does. Because he's just he's just like big. You know what I mean? Like he's like a tall dude. But like I, I think he, he works well in that like kind of like. I'm a real worker since. And then he, he's like, I don't want to hang out with the with the fucking cruiserweights no more. I want to hang out with the, with with the bigger guys. So um, I think that works as well. But he's facing off against Carlito. Carlito came back. I, what have you guys felt about his implementation? I, I almost feel like he's like injured because he's, he's off TV for weeks at a time. He's so big. Yeah, <laughs> that's my. I was like, he looks he like is. he's carrying a lot of weight to him. Like he looks like it just doesn't feel as natural as the original Carlito. Now, granted, I'm sure he's worked. He's he's been the size for probably close to a decade, even longer than now. So he, he can do whatever he wants. Um, I think it's clearly not the Ray thing, but we obviously know why. I think Carlito still has a lot of like cachet from older fans, um, which definitely helps in this situation. Um, I'm not sure what I expect from this match, to be honest with you. I'm glad it's happening um, for Santos Escobar. But I'm not sure what to, what to kind of make of this entire thing. But I kind of like Carlito's um, pretty much like no-nonsense, like, yo, what the fuck is this guy doing kind of vibe and <laughs> trying to handle it all in one instance. So when he came out and after Crown Jewel and went after Santos and accused him of, you know, acting out and being the one to put the, the brass next down... I thought that was a good way to have him be because Carlito doesn't have any loyalty to Santos Escobar. Yeah, right. Carlito is, he was brought in by Rey Mysterio and it comes up, it, when you think about that also, Carlito and Ray didn't really interact when they were wrestling at the same time on SmackDown and on Raw and obviously, but it kind of keeps up with the theme of all the people from that era just having a bond with each other and having a connection because they went through all those years with each other. Mm-hmm. So Carlito having respect only for Ray and looking out for him, I thought was a, a smart move character-wise for him because, again, he he has no loyalty to Santos. He's going to accuse him because what 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 other reason does he have to, to think that way? And obviously he was proven right. Santos will probably... I think Santos will win or if they want to prove a point home with Santos that he's going on a different angle. I could see a DQ finish if he beats the crap out of Carlito. But I also think having a DQ finish on a five match card might not be wise. So I'll go with Santos clean. 
Yeah, I think I think Santos has to reestablish here. Ray doesn't. I mean, not Ray. Carlito doesn't need to win. I felt like he didn't need to win against Montez a month ago. So, um, mm-hmm. I I definitely feel as though that that might be the the, the best course of action here is to just have uh, Carlito get, uh, get that loss here, establish Santos, and then have him do something until um, until Ray gets back. Yeah, I agree. I agree with all that. Um, next matchup here. I know Mills is going to have a, a lot to talk about with this one. Uh, Gunther, so Gunther versus The Miz. So weird. Apparently, I support a weirdo. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I was like, what is this narrative that he is creating in front of Raw? <laughs> I think we know that The Miz is good on the mic. Yes. We know that. Yes. We did we yes. know that Gunter could do what he did on, on <laughs> Raw? <laughs> no, but it felt like it came from somewhere real, to be honest with you. And not like real yes. thing against the Miz, but like real um his philosophy on why he loves wrestling, as opposed to like why Miz loves wrestling. Yes. You know, like he's like someone who goes in and he beats the people up whereas miz is someone is like yo you're the kid who idolized these other weirdo you you idolize like the worst people on earth um and then you became in and then you were also ostracized because you're such a weirdo and all this other stuff like that and i'm just like what is going on here but nonetheless gunther made it work like he he uh and, and Michael Cole did not help in this situation <laughs> at all. Do it for, that was a rib. That had to be a rib. <laughs> because he didn't say anything like, if he hits that skull crushing finale, he could win the, we could see a ninth inner kind of, he didn't say anything like that. He said, do it for all the weirdos, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he kind and of I'm put just... himself in the weirdo. He, he kind of put the himself in the weirdo uh, thing to do it for us weirdos, I believe he said. I'm like, Cole, you're not a fuck. You know what, Cole? You are a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. He should have brought back the coal mine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I was like, like, and Cole, Wade Barrett, speak for yourself, mate. For, for sure. <laughs> Wade Barrett said speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Oh, but listen, great promo that I felt as though proved to me on Raw that Gunther is the complete package. Like he is, he is completely yes. that guy. He can talk. He can, uh, he he can he can do everything that you that you thought a top guy could do in that in 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 this position. He's handling it, and it looked to me, in my opinion, it looked like Miz was a little bit like excited to have, to be able to to spar with him in that way. And and I thought it was a really cool moment. I think so as well. Uh, anyway, I'm same. picking Miz. I'm picking Miz for winning because you guys suck. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, bro. I got I got Gunta. I got Gunta winning this one. Um just 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 a joy to, to see these two going at it. I think it's it's super cool. And uh yeah, I got I got uh, I got I got Gunther here. Um next up, Rhea Ripley versus Zoe Stark. I I'm hearing a lot of like foolishness about this about this match here. Um I don't know if you guys are hearing it just just in terms of like Oh, there's people that just aren't, you know, excited about Zoe Stark being in this position. And I think that a lot of it is really overblown, in my opinion. I, I think that Zoe is, is is actually really perfect to have in this position because she can work. And 
Um, I, th- I think Rhea needs to have that type of uh, that type of personality with her here, just because of how much of a ring general Zoe has proven herself to be in the last couple of months. This reminds yeah, I, I me. I think it's uh, go no, ahead. You're good. Uh, nah. All right, I'll go. Um, this reminds me of how Triple H booked takeovers. Like, you just need that opportunity, um, that stage, just to show everyone what you can do. And then you can kind of like, even if you don't win, you can carry that into the next thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can carry that even if it is a, um, um, you are, oh gosh, what's a, who's someone who never won the NXT title but faced for it mad times? Um, Becky, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. You have Dakota. Becky, Dakota, there you go. So you have something like that. So you're able, you're able to build on that cachet. So when the next thing you do, people recognize you. People know that you can go. You're kind of like, you know, authenticized. That's not a word. But you are in front of their own eyes. And I think with Zoe Stark, this is more about building that next crop of talent um, that they have. Because you see what they they did in the, 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 the Crown Jewel match and all these other stuff like that. I think this is more about that. Um, and I want to see how Rhea Ripley aids in that as well. Yeah, because she's playing a big role in this now, not necessarily being the person who is like fighting someone who maybe she's come up with or like fighting someone kind of like with as much cachet as her. She's got to do a lot of work in making her look good in this as well. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how she does this as well. I got real winning this. Yeah. I... <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Like, likewise, I have real winning as well. Zoe, the thing to me, people. I think are being a little overly harsh as they usually are um, when it comes to her promo abilities at this moment. Listen, you're, you're not going to get better if you don't go out there and talk. They can't just hide that from you forever, especially if they expect you to be a big player. She's going to figure it out. And if she doesn't, she might be talented enough to work through it. Some people have been talented enough to work through that in the past. And Zoe's new still to some people. So I think people are just kind of rejecting it and wishing that, you know, their favorites would be on instead. But even as somebody who didn't like necessarily favor her entirely when she first started, she's gotten better. She's had a really good year. There's no need to curb that momentum. I like what they're doing with it so far. She's held her own. Like you guys said, it's going to be interesting for Rhea because I think this is the first, this is probably the first match where I think the result for her is definitely decided but she definitely has to do a good job of you know helping zoe along so this is going to be a fascinating role for her because usually lately her matches have just been okay she's a bully someone big or whatever is coming at her she has a lot coming at her from the crown jewel match the five way so this is this is an interesting spot for her yeah and i I like these i like these matches on on these kinds of shows for the opportunity aspect Niels brought up. And also, in general, I'm a proponent for this, especially on a show where the title matches aren't going to be the focal point. You can get away with this at Survivor Series. I think Money in the Bank is another show where you can do that. To a lesser degree, the Rumble, you probably could before they started doing stadium shows for it. But now it has to be a big deal. Right. So yeah, this will be a good spot for both, but Rhea's going to win. And she should win. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. Let's get to the war games matches. Let's start with the let's start with the women here. There's a lot going on here. There's a, there's a lot happening here. 
I know Novak, you're, yes. you're personally invested in this, as as am I, because this is this is definitely the most interesting women's war games probably ever. Um, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey! Did you did you see Becky Lynch just defeat Zaylee on Raw and <laughs> just like okay, we're moving on. <laughs> we're just we're just moving on from this. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> with with regards to that, you know, I, I said it last night in the chat. We need more villains of the week. So I'm glad Zaya was able to fulfill her role. Yes. But she's going to have two unfortunate things happen to her this week, one tonight. <laughs> um, I thought uh, I thought Becky and Zaya had a fantastic match. I thought it was. Oh, it was amazing. Yes. It, it was awesome. Yes. <laughs> I, I thought it was. I thought if Becky was making the the case for her to be the wrestler of the year, she definitely did that. <laughs> um, uh, because it's one for the demo reel for sure. Yes, that is. I was not expecting that at all. Uh, but we we got it, and, and it was amazing. But um, listen, huge fan of huge fan of everybody in this match. Of course, it's going to be uh, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, Beck, and Becky Lynch versus the team of Damage Control. Bailey, Oscar, Io Sky, and Kyrie Sane in the War Games match. I think the real thing isn't, you know, if, if this match is going to be good or not. It's going to be what what will come out of it and who deserves the win more out of the, out of all these women. I, I think that's the more interesting part to me because you've got two War Games matches, both with implications outside of you know after they end with these teams in terms of storylines that will develop after the show is over with. And I think that when you when you when you come down to it, it's like it's a question of. Who is going after EO Sky's championship out of all of these women in this match? I'm gonna keep it a buck. There's nothing going on on the face side, to be honest with you. There's like, there's, and it's not necessarily like um, a problem. It just seems like they've just like come together for this like joint thing. Like Charlotte and Becky don't even seem that weird with one another anymore, which is like weird to me now. But all the all the juice, all the story, all the meat is definitely on the damage control side. So it's less of like for me, like where are we going with the title? And it's more so like me, like where are we going with damage control after this? Okay. Because I think the similar to the bloodline thing last year, I don't even mm-hmm. remember who the fuck the bloodline faced. Like <laughs> like it was, you know, uh, I know it was know the brutes it was the brutes and Drew, yeah. Brutes and yeah, Drew. Yeah. And I think the story was still kind of focused on, okay, the honorary Ooze. Sami Zayn has proved himself. Sami Zayn has told that story. To me, it's like, what the hell? Bailey in a... She's in a pickle. Hmm. I know we've seen a lot of pickles (laughs) this week. She's in one, for sure. Um, How do you feel like this is going to shape up, Novak? So... I think in general, whatever the result is on Saturday is going to tell us how deep we are into the story. Mm-hmm. If Bailey loses the match for her team, then clearly she's going to be blamed for that and probably be kicked out pretty pretty imminently. It's, it's going to happen. However, just like Neil said, all the juice is on this super damage control now. And I think that it's clear under Triple H, they don't rush things. This just came about this just really started ramping up at Crown Jewel when Kyrie showed up, and then the fu- ensuing SmackDown, Asuka joins up with them. They have a lot of energy on that. I think there's a lot more because, like, okay, say they do the the thing where Bailey loses. That's the only thing you can do though, and then you have to still establish. Okay, 
how is how are you going to juggle EO you know needing a challenger before the rumble or whatever while also caring about the faces when all the heels are in one faction right now yeah so it feels like they it feels like they've set it up to where the heels can win and then all the focus can kind of lie on the trickle down there from Charlotte and Bianca who I think will definitely take up the spotlight as the other feud going on I don't think that we're going to be able to avoid that no. for much longer. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's definitely, we're bracing for that at some point. So with that in mind, I think that either Kyrie is going to prove to be the difference because EO brought her in or Bailey's going to prove her worth and pin Shotzi or get her to surrender. Oh, okay. I think that, I think Shotzi's, you know, it's not to discredit her. It's just that when you look at the group, it's, you know, Bailey is the one who take, p- takes pins all the time, but Shotzi might be the most expendable at this point in time just because also Bailey hasn't gotten a pin on her either. Right. So they'd be going back on that too. So just based on that, I think the heels win this one. And to just give it away for my other pick, the faces will win the men's war games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that makes, uh, it makes a, a lot of sense. Uh, to me, I I, th- I think that when you come at it from the men's perspective, I think Mill, mm-hmm. you have a, you have a point there as well. Like the, it's it's really all shaking on on the on the on the heel side. And I guess with the inclusion of Randy Orton now, you have you have a really kind of sticky situation with uh with Jay Uso, who's who looked like he's seen mm-hmm. the fucking fear of God. <laughs> Mm. Uh, <laughs> after that, it, it was it was definitely <laughs> not the best night for him <laughs> on uh, on 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 uh, on Monday. He was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, oh my God." Um, nah, Monday was. I don't, why does Wikipedia have him listed as legacy? <laughs> that's, that's what the fuck they are. They're the legacy. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton. I'm like, okay, sure, all right, whatever. Um. <laughs> just oh well, just going back for the women's match for my pick um it's tough this is a tough beat <laughs> because mm-hmm. while the story's on damage control side bianca belair charlotte and becky lynch are on the other side <laughs> yeah that, that is that is very true it's correct that is, that is very very true so i guess shotzi is there shotzi is absolutely there for a reason now shotzi mm-hmm. can be used in this situation he's like we can if we need to we got someone there just in case. If we were living the situation, I'd still be I'd be leaning heavily towards them winning. But Shotzi is she can take the fall. Um damage control. The, here's the thing. Either way, you either have EO pin and it's proven that she's the leader now, or you have baby yep. lose it and prove that she doesn't have it anymore. Either way, you're getting this breakup happening soon. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm gonna it's, say it's gonna I'm happen. gonna say yeah, I'm gonna say because it has to be proven that damage control under EO is much better than it was under yes, Bailey. Yes, exactly. So there I'm going go. to choose damage control. Really, like at the end, putting the boots to the other people, and then just like pinning Shotzi, like beating, really beating the shit out of them to a certain point, because you have to prove that you have to prove that. EO is superior to Bailey. And to be fair to that point, 
who did EO beat for the title? Bianca. Bianca, yeah. Who did Bailey unsuccessfully defeat for the or unsuccessfully, you know, three times or whatever it was last year? Yeah, Bianca. Challenge. Yeah. So they're already they're already starting to do that. Yeah. And yeah. she's bringing in people, got people under her nose. Dakota is fooling her. I mean, it's it's EO is in control, and that's the thing that is that Bailey's going to have to wrestle with right now. Yeah. So imagine, pro- imagine proving that point does work. Yes. Uh, imagine J five. If we doing this podcast, <laughs> and then I say, you know what? I'm bringing in Manny, and I'm bringing in <laughs> who else would I bring in? Um, <laughs> I'm bringing DMV. I'm qu- I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing in both of them. I quit. And this is the A show. It's still the A show. <laughs> I wouldn't A. <laughs> Y'all won. <laughs> I quit. Uh, I love you guys. But yes, that's kind of like what it feels like is going on here. It's clearly the power with Kyrie Sane and Asuka in the match, it ensures EO Sky is in control of damage mm-hmm. control um by all means she has the advantage she has everything as much as bailey thinks it is but it's all about lowering the boom on bailey eventually but i think i'm gonna go with damage control winning this mm-hmm. uh, i will ask one qu- i'll ask one question before we move on yeah over under 0.5 force thrown up by either becky or charlotte uh, I think uh, we get at least one four. You got to get one four, <laughs> and then Bailey Bailey might be in the mix. Bailey might be in the the the, the background, really like questioning for a second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's where I honestly I think that that's why Becky's there in the first place too. Not only the Bianca Charlotte aspect, but for the storytelling aspect there too. Mm, I like that. Purpose, I like that. Very purposeful. Very purposeful. Uh, throw up a three. You know, we don't really we got four. <laughs> Throw up a three. Throw them, um, throw them three. Go. <laughs> men's men's war game, which I, I actually the, the men's war games is the culmination <laughs> of our chat being so upset <laughs> at the judgment day uh battling pretty much everyone on the roster for the past couple of, of, of months. This is the culmination of our story. This is what we call a blow off, folks. This is what this this is a this is a real blow off, okay? So uh, it, it's going to be the Judgment Day of uh, JD McDonald's, Dom, uh, Finn Balor, and Drew McIntyre. Who would who would have thought that a couple of months ago? Not me. I mean, I don't know, the Rhea thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rhea seems to Rhea seems to have an affinity for this guy. I am a big fan of this whole thing going down. I think, I think it's awesome. I, I, I think that drew, were you a big fan of Drew's promo last night? Absolutely. A big fan of him being very serious. And then, uh, Jay not taking anything serious. <laughs> <laughs> Jay saying, Jay said, yeah, man. Yeet. Yeah, man. Yeet. Like, uh, all right. Well, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> like, he did not give a fuck about that series. No, he I, he ain't listened to no words he said prior to come out. He was like, "Yo, what's my cue? It's now." Oh, I shoot. 
Yeah. Even uh-huh. even like, it, but the thing is, I love that Seth got the serious Jay later on in the show. Not <laughs> not true. So he's like, Jay's like, yeah, man, yeet. And then Seth's like, all right, cut the yeet shit out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeet. You try to sell shirts, baby. Yeet down everything, man. Yeet down is so great. <laughs> tell you, I love yeet down. But um, this is, of course, you know, this has been something that's in the making. I, I do fully believe this will be the blow off because I think everyone's going to go their separate ways here. I, I really do believe that it, this is going to be the blow off of this whole thing. But I feel like we'll get a Christmas thing because now that I thought about it, it was from last week, um, when we were like, oh my God, Raw ends December 18th. That's so weird. They're probably taping two shows <laughs> for Raw and SmackDown um, those nights that will air on Christmas and on the Friday after Christmas. So. That's gonna be weird. No raw for almost two and two weeks, right? Well, no, it's still gonna be raw on Christmas. There's just gonna be taped. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming I, I is think, gonna happen. Yeah, because last year they did a best of show, which they used to do a lot. I think they m- might do that again. The weirder thing, honestly, is what's happening to SmackDown for the next three weeks. It's on FS1 two weeks in a row, and then they're not doing a SmackDown at all on December 8th. They're doing Tribute to the Troops. Mm. So there's no SmackDown on Fox until December 15th. Sheesh. Yeah, this is why they got to leave. Crazy. This is why they got to leave. <laughs> this, yeah. This is why they have to leave. Uh, they have to leave uh, US, or leave uh, Fox. Fox. But um, I, I think in terms of this War Game match, I fully believe this is, this is a blow off. Okay. Fully believe that. But I also believe that this will be uh, pretty much um, the this is this is this is the babyface win. I think you gotta you have to have the babyfaces win this match because you the, I, I think more than just the damage control thing, which Novak stated just started, and, they, and obviously they're not gonna they're not gonna rush it. You you are at the point now where Damian kind of has to leave this group. <laughs> like it, it is it, yes, he has to leave this group. There is no if ands or buts around it. He has to go. And I, I think that if you belabor this any longer, it, it, it will definitely uh, it, it'll it'll definitely start to feel a little bit longer the tooth and that we already know that these guys don't like they don't really like like each other that much. Like it, it's, it's clear that they're not fans of each other. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think the babyface have to win here. And, and Cody's, you know, it's time for Cody to finish his raw duties so that he can uh, <laughs> he can live his life out on SmackDown for the how, how weird was that? <laughs> Why was he on SmackDown? <laughs> they say, hey, man, this L.A. thing ain't really working out, bro. <laughs> Why? Why did he just suddenly <laughs> beat up Jimmy Uso on SmackDown? Why was he there? He's making he's making his way. He's making his waves. He he's, yeah. he's gotta he's got he's gotta kind of kiss the babies on on Raw so that he can he can get to where he wants to be at on uh, WrestleMania. And then and it's also another thing that um, Nick Aldis was on Raw too. Listen, man, it ain't lost on me. Well, he had to work. It ain't lost. He had to actually work. Oh. He was producing matches last night. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he appeared on Raw. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm more so the appearance on Raw. Um, but. What you doing with uh, oh, I'm doing a women's match. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But Randy Orton, that's my big Randy Orton being back is desperately. I don't think it's desperately needed, but I think it's it's well it's it's largely welcomed because I think he adds so much to the show and he adds so much in the ring and he gives someone another major foil to kind of like play with moving also, into also stuff. another like another major person that jay will have to prove himself to 
Yeah. He's, oh. We've seen a lot of combinations of everyone else thus far in their current roles. Mm-hmm. But we haven't seen... I mean, I'm sure Randy Orton will break J.D. McDonough in half. But <laughs> we haven't seen Randy versus Dom. Randy versus Finn in this instance. Randy yeah. versus Damien in this instance. Or even Randy versus Jay. Like, it's... He's been out... He left WWE and Vince McMahon was still in power. <laughs> uh, he did. That's true. And <laughs> the entire scope has changed since then. And it's a very new, fresh landscape for Randy Orton. So I'm interested to see what he contributes to all of this. Did, does he mention Riddle? Nah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nah. 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 I'd ask. I'd ask. I think he just comes back and says, man, a lot of shit's changed. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Damn, what the hell? But uh, yeah, Survivor Series seems like it's going to be a good show. Um, I, 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 you know, they, they usually deliver. I thought last year's show was, was pretty good as well. Um, and this looks like it's going to continue the trend. Um, I, I can't wait to see how Chicago reacts to a lot of the stuff they're going to see. Uh, during that night and and especially you know how WWE is going to roll out the red carpet so to speak for for one Randy Orton so um, I think it'll be great can't wait to see it and uh, yeah we'll be talking about it uh, next week on the show but that is it is it did I did I miss anything did we miss anything for this week I don't think so I mean I'm sure something will pop up when we post the show but yeah no all right so Novak once again brother always a joy to have you here you're you're one of these one of the, the the photographic memory is is the best the best gimmick going today <laughs> like literally appreciate it thank you no uh, yeah appreciate you and the and the work that you do because like doing all the stuff on awful you know announcing and you know getting able to have that moment and interview that long form with bailey was amazing boy it was it was some great stuff so we support you in all your endeavors, man. We really do. Appreciate it. And um, if I may cheaply plug, um, I was a little off this morning, so I wasn't able to get uh, the weekly column up on the comeback. That will be up tomorrow uh, before Thanksgiving and everything. Awesome. So tap into that. Um, and if you guys want to continue to hear us for over an hour and 40 minutes, every week make sure that you also subscribe to the patreon patreon.com backslash the hornc remember doing the weekly shows this is you get the prediction shows for free but then weekly shows listen you're missing a lot of gems a lot of content a lot of things like that um that is the only place you'll probably hear us talk about la night moving forward because i don't see anything popping for him or moving for him right now oh when cody when cody was next to him i said you had your time (laughs) (laughs) absolutely but with that said yeah, take us out, J5. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Please have a safe Thanksgiving. Please eat a lot for us. And we'll talk about everything that's going on and that happened over Survivor Series weekend next week on The A Show. So for Novak and Meals, I'm J5. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>